0: This is an audio series from the Super Freak Media Podcast Network. If you like what you hear, please be sure to show your support and follow us on our other social media platforms. Check out the links listed in the description of this episode to find out more. Thank you. The night draws near, and the shadows stir. You're alone in the woods. Dead leaves crunch underfoot and the wind bites at your neck. You feel a chill down your spine as the fog ushers you deeper into the darkness. A darkness full of eyes that watch and whispers of stories. I am your storyteller. And this is Campfire Chronicles. Tonight's story follows Annika. After a life-changing accident, she desperately clings to the parts of her life she can still control. All is not as it seems, as she is forced to take drastic measures to keep her family together. opened her eyes and stared at the ceiling. She was 32 today. She felt warm and happy in her silver satin sheets, and running her fingers over the shiny fabric, she observed her room in a new light. Though her double bed took up most of the walking space in the room, she still had room for her vanity mirror and table on her side, adorned with perfumes and cosmetics. Her beauty space. The opposite side of the room posed the double wardrobe she'd spotted whilst on a holiday to Greece a large vintage framed mirror purchased and shipped during a lavish work trip to France and some exercise weights in the corner, unused for quite some time. With her head cradled in her goose feather pillow, she turned and looked to her left to see her husband's eyes still closed, a world away. Annika smiled as she relived falling for his handsome face, dark floppy brown hair, a lightly crooked nose and a strong jawline. Totally irresistible. Annika looked to her right and reached out for her chair handle. After pulling it close enough, she hoisted herself up and into it. She paused to catch her breath and realised the seat felt different, lower than usual. "'Gonna need a new one soon,' she sighed, in the direction of her husband. She and Ezekiel had met years ago at university on a night out. They spent the whole time snogging outside the ladies' toilets, and they continued to text and date from there. Love's young dream. Annika fell pregnant quite early on in their love affair, and with the deadlines of their dissertations looming, they decided to take the plunge and keep the baby, welcoming Nalia. A few years later, baby Nathan came along. The perfect nuclear family. Annika entered her ensuite and reached for her electric toothbrush, a Christmas gift from her husband last year. She'd wanted a bracelet. The bracelet had even cost less. Resentfully pushing the on-button, she started on her teeth. After spitting the remaining toothpaste foam out into the sink, she smiled into the mirror, observing her eyes. She then smiled wider, assessing, then as maniacally wide as she could. Her eyes wide and eyebrows high as she could hold them, she stared back at herself for a moment. Annika then collapsed into laughter at her crazy face, What was she like, she wondered as she pulled her nightshirt off over her head and rolled herself under the wet room's dry shower head and pulled the brake on her chair. Annika ran the tap straight away. She loved the feeling of the freezing water hitting her before it slowly warmed up. She discovered this randomly one day when she'd come into the shower having forgotten to run it first to preheat. She couldn't be bothered to come out and re-enter, so she just allowed the water to hit her, The sudden cold made her head bang like an ice cream headache, a panging behind the ears. But then, as it warmed, she felt tingles of relief, like being rescued, waited on, loved. So, the next morning, she stretched over to run the shower to warm and stopped herself. She entered the shower, parked her chair, and leaned for the tap. What are you doing? Her husband had yawned. Confused as to what he was about to witness. Annika stopped in her tracks but didn't look at him. Nothing. It's all right. She tried to reassure him. No. You'll get ill. He towered over her head, moved the shower hose to the side, and ran the water, allowing it to warm up before putting it back in place, ready for her to move underneath it. She felt the warmth on her skin. It wasn't the same. She enjoyed having her shower this morning, just how she liked it. She turned off the water, feeling invigorated, then she pulled her towel off the radiator and wrapped it around her. Heading to the Grecian wardrobe, she knew exactly what she wanted to wear today. She pulled out a black low-cut dress with matching ballet shoes. She held them in her lap and up against herself and admired the set in her vintage mirror. She smiled as she spied her husband in the reflection too. She looked back at him, still in bed, raised her eyebrows sympathetically and turned back toward the mirror. He was in no state to share her day this year. After pulling on her dress and shoes, she extended for her purse and popped it into her lap. Finally, she pulled her hairband out, allowing her hair to fall past her shoulders. She ran her hands through it and felt excited about her birthday hair appointment coming up at one o'clock. She hadn't had a new hairstyle in years. She was used to just letting it hang there. But not anymore. Today was a day for change. The black outfit was a symbol of that. To mourn her old life, her old self, and really start living again. This new hairstyle was going to be a great start for that. Before she entered the living room space, she could already hear the TV blaring, and then there they were her beautiful children sitting on the sofa. Nalia was 12 years old, loved art, but wasn't great at it, and Nathan was eight, very energetic and drove his older sister mad. Around the living room walls were lots of family photos of the kids when they were younger, and even her and Ezekiel's graduation photos, which included Annika's pregnant stomach just starting to show with Nalia. The memories carried on into the open-planned kitchen, where Annika reached for her house keys on the dining table. But then stopped picked up the remote control first and reduced the volume on the tv you must remember that we have neighbors you lot okay i'm heading out now try not to wake your daddy she then replaced the remote by nalia kissed her hair tussled nathan's curls and left the flat closing the door securely behind her pushing her wheels down the uninspiring gray carpeted hallway She looked up as she approached the flickering light at the end of the corridor by the lift. It used to annoy her, but now it seemed to applaud her and will her on. She held the lift button and waited. A few moments later, the doors opened, revealing Francis inside. It appeared the lift had brought him up to her floor, before it intended to make its final descent to the lobby. Annika entered the lift. She found it to be very slow and old-fashioned in comparison to the rest of the building. It had a large mirror on one side, and the other sides were a dark red wood. There was a CCTV bulb in the corner, and black buttons by the door for opening, closing, help, and choosing a floor. Francis had been in the building longer than she had. They moved in around the time Francis's wife passed. Mid-sixties and stocky, he never looked in the mood to talk, yet always struck up a conversation. Almost as if his late wife's spirit was encouraging him to be less alone funeral. Francis gave a solemn nod toward Annika's dark attire. My birthday, actually, Annika smiled. Oh, well, nobody likes getting older. Annika looked around the lift, happy for that to conclude the small talk. She parked her chair. That husband's spoiling you, he continued. Annika inhaled, seeing her husband still in bed and her mind's eye. Oh, yes. Gifts, breakfast in bed, the works. Be nice to have the afternoon to myself. Annika pressed the lift button for the lobby and held it hard. The doors responded by closing and the lift began to descend. Francis shuffled his feet. Have you had any new neighbours in? Annika revelled for a moment at the thought of having a whole floor of the building to herself. No, not as yet. Still just us on that floor. Francis nodded. They arrived at the ground floor, and the doors opened to reveal the lobby. The floor was grey marble with white leather sofas and glass tables ordained with old magazines and the previous day's papers. The reception desk was manned at all hours by the building's personnel, identifiable by the red blouse or shirt and black trousers combo that they were all to wear. Annika thought it must have been an old uniform, as they almost matched the colour scheme of the lift. Annika pushed her wheels forward to leave the lift, but felt a hand on her shoulder and resistance from her chair. She looked back and saw Francis holding onto it. Yes? Asked Annika, trying to hold back from rolling her eyes. Sorry, it's just your telly. Annika breathed deeply. She did not want to deal with the complaint right now. Yes, I'll tell the kids to keep it down. She spun away from him, but Francis began walking beside her. It's not just the volume, you see. It's on all hours. Francis began breathing heavier as a frustrated Annika sped up. Yes, they fall asleep with it on sometimes. I'll sort it. Satisfied and slightly wheezing, Francis slowed his pace. Happy birthday, he called after her catching his breath and watched with a concerned look as she navigated through the tall glass doors and out into the street. As he turned to leave, he noticed a red smudge on his hand from the chair. Confused but unbothered, he wiped it away on his trousers and headed to the reception for the day's newspaper. It was a windy day. Annika liked windy days. When the pavement was clear, she'd pick up her speed and as her hair blew back she'd imagine herself flying. She checked her watch. Her hair appointment time was over an hour away, and she only needed to travel down a few streets, so she decided to find herself a cafe to have some breakfast. Twenty minutes later, Annika had already had to pass on two cafes with no accessible entrance, one of which had been her favourite at one time. She would meet friends there on her lunch break from work, as this place had mastered the perfect éclair, played jazz music, and had pretty art prints from around the world on the walls. It was the perfect place to meet and plan holidays, and it was also just a short walk from each person's workplace. Annika hadn't been there for a while, or seen those familiar faces. Eventually, Annika entered May's, a gorgeous little bakery with tables inside and a coffee machine. The place was a little busy, but Annika managed to find a small table for one near the counter. Someone had just left it, and the waitress hadn't had a chance to wipe it down yet. It wouldn't have been her first option for a seat, as it meant people had to keep squeezing past her chair, but it wasn't all bad. The aroma from the freshly baked bread was very strong here, and she loved it. Within the next ten minutes, Annika was enjoying a mocha and an almond croissant. She felt very fancy in her dress and began to imagine she was in Paris waiting to meet a handsome businessman for an important meeting. He would beg her to allow him to showcase her designed dressers in all his stores, all over the world, and they'd run away together, of course. Mrs Brittle? Annika snapped out of her daydream and looked up to see a tall, curvy Caribbean lady, smartly dressed, holding a coffee-to-go cup. It was Nalia's teacher. Yes, I thought that was you. She pulled a second chair to Annika's table. How are you? Annika was taken aback slightly. She'd never seen Miss Winston in this area before. Are you all right? Miss Winston began to grow concerned with Annika's silence. It's my birthday, Annika said. It is? Questioned Miss Winston. Happy birthday. Annika began to move her things into her purse, carefully wrapping up her leftover croissant. I didn't know you lived in this area. Annika eyed the door. Yes, for quite a while, Miss Winston responded and wondered why Mrs Brittle was suddenly leaving. That's lovely. It's a nice place. I'm just running late for an appointment. I'm sorry, Miss Winston interrupted her. I thought you'd moved to Australia. Annika didn't speak. Like a month ago. Annika zipped up her bag and spoke quickly. Yes, there was an issue with the visas, so it's all been delayed, but we're all very excited to go. So Nalia has just been out of school all this time. We could have kept her on. Miss Winston looked shocked, and Annika wanted to leave. Look, I'm sorry, it's all been very stressful, but we're sorting it and we'll be gone tomorrow. Annika tried to leave the table and moved her chair backwards, bumping into a man who nearly lost his brownie. Tomorrow? Miss Winston wasn't convinced. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. Annika apologised. ''No harm done,'' replied the man. Annika was mortified and Miss Winston wasn't finished. ''You're flying tomorrow?'' ''Yes, and I'm late for the salon. It was nice seeing you again.'' Annika navigated her way through the tables to the exit. Miss Winston followed her out. ''Well, I hope you have a safe trip. It's just we called you a few times so we could pass on Nalia's current school reports. It took time to collate them as it's only the middle of the school year.'' Annika nodded and checked her watch. Miss Winston tried to make eye contact, but Annika was looking everywhere but at her. Miss Winston attempted to shake her concern. Could I take a forwarding address? It will be helpful for Nalia when she starts her new school. It's really not necessary, thank you. Annika edged around Miss Winston and left up the street without turning around. Miss Winston just watched her leave in disbelief. The scent of sweet shampoos and heated hair tongs hit Annika as she pushed open the salon door and wheeled herself inside to approach the desk. Behind it sat a cheerful, dark-haired girl who put her phone away upon hearing the door's bell and smiled at Annika. Hi there, name please, asked the receptionist. Mrs Brittle, but call me Annika. Okay, no worries, replied the receptionist as she looked down a list. I'm actually so sorry, but your appointment is down for 15 minutes from That's okay, I can wait. No, babe, 15 minutes from now, tomorrow, she corrected, turning the appointment book around to show her the date. Annika looked at the bad handwriting in the book, and her heart began to race. What? she said, confused. This was the start of her new life. She couldn't do that with old hair. I definitely booked for today. It's my birthday, she pleaded. The receptionist raised her eyebrows and smiled in excitement, clapping her hands. OMG, happy birthday! Annika smiled before the receptionist suddenly dropped her hands and went back to work mode. But super sorry, it's down for tomorrow and we are fully booked and busy today, or we'd try and squeeze you in. Annika didn't move. She just stared at the receptionist for a few moments. The receptionist waited for Annika to leave. When she didn't move, she attempted to prompt her, So sorry, the receptionist said, not knowing where to look. Annika continued to stare. The receptionist felt very uneasy as she asked, Are you okay?" Annika opened her mouth slowly, as if she was about to speak. The receptionist leaned in, prepared, but Annika paused and instead smiled wide at the receptionist. The receptionist exhaled and smiled back. Annika then smiled wider, raising her eyebrows. The receptionist stopped smiling and leaned slowly away as Annika leaned forward, growing her grin, showing all her teeth and slightly dropping her jaw. The receptionist then slowly raised her smartphone, wanting to hashtag this weird moment, and with the flash of her camera blinded Annika's manic grin. Silence. Without a word, tensing her face in place, Annika turned and left the salon. As the bell above the door rang and signalled her exit, the receptionist breathed a sigh of relief. To a nearby stylist, who seemed to only catch the end of the unique encounter, she mouthed the words, What the hell? Annika started to travel back home, the way she came, manic face still intact. Just smile and you feel good. The act of smiling can make you happy. It's that easy. She thought back to this statement her therapist had made and repeated it to herself through a gritted grin. Annika! Annika! A faint shout at first became louder each time. Annika! Annika! Annika moved quickly away from the call until she was halted to a stop by two hands on her chair. I know you can hear me. What the hell? Annika turned to see David a friend of her husband, out of breath. Annika was outraged by him grabbing her chair. How dare you? I'm not a doll. You don't just grab me. David shook his head and caught his breath. He was wearing a royal blue suit and shiny brown shoes. The mayo stain on his tie signalled he must have been on his lunch break. Where is Zeke? He's not answering his phone and he hasn't been to work in weeks. Annika squinted up to look at him as the sun sat just behind his head. She felt overwhelmed by his height looming over her. "'Slow down. Who do you think you are?' "'Grabbing me, yelling at me. "'I'll tell him to call you.' "'Annika turned to leave. "'David gripped her chair. "'No way.' "'David moved to block her path. "'I'll talk to him myself. "'He's had more than enough time to pay up.' "'Annika's heart began to pound. "'It's my birthday, you know. "'I don't give a shit.' "'David dismissed. "'Annika scanned the area. "'There was nobody near enough to ask for help to get him away. "'She had to think quickly.' Look, why don't you come by tomorrow? He's hung over right now. Last night we had a few too many before bed, even fell asleep with the TV on. Two o'clock tomorrow? By this point, two women on the opposite side of the street had begun to stare and wonder what the commotion was about. David clocked them and suddenly felt very awkward. He thought for a moment before he finally gave in. Fine. Tomorrow then. Annika sighed in relief. Perfect. I'll let him know. Annika turned and started to head home, and David watched her go. He turned to cross back over the road when he felt something sticky on his hands. There were spots of red across the inside of his fingers. He tried to rub it off, but it wouldn't budge. He looked back up in the direction Annika left, but she was nowhere to be seen. He brought a hand to his nose and smelled the stains. Iron? What the hell? The wind blew Annika's hair out of her face as she sped down the street back to her flat. She didn't look up as she crossed the lobby to the lift. The doors opened straight away and revealed it was empty. She breathed a sigh of relief, but just as the doors were closing, an arm entered in and stopped it. It was Frances'. Back for more birthday treats, he smiled. Annika went for the closed doors button. Looks that way, she smiled back. The lift doors began to close again, but was stopped by another arm, David's. Annika's heart started to pound again. What are you doing here? She whispered. Just wanted to make sure you're okay. The lift doors closed and it started to ascend. Francis, wary of Annika's reaction, interjected. Well, she's got a husband who can do that. David looked at Francis, unsure of his tone. Yes, he's a friend. Francis stepped towards David. This is a private building. You can't just come in uninvited. Annika couldn't have been more grateful to Francis in that moment. David, perturbed by the closeness of Francis's face to his own, submitted. Fine. He turned to Annika. Tomorrow, two o'clock. Annika breathed a sigh of relief and nodded quickly. Yeah, sure, no problem. The inside of the lift became calm. The tension began to ease. It came to a stop and Francis stepped out as a fly buzzed in. He looked back. Enjoy the rest of your birthday, Annika. And oh, there's some red muck or other on your chair handle. Annika's eyes widened. David caught a glimpse of terror streak across her face before it disappeared again beneath a forced smile. He looked back at the faint marks on his own hands. Those kids of mine, get into all sorts! The lift bell rang, signalling an end to the pleasantries. To be young, eh? Francis responded before the doors closed on him. The lift began to ascend. David swatted at the flying bug. Annika attempted to press the ground floor button. I'll see you out. But David caught her wrist. Annika pulled her arm out of David's grip and tried to keep her calm. What do you mean? The lift continued to ascend, and David showed Annika the specks on his hands. What the hell is this? He moved closer to her and tried to look behind her at her chair. Annika saw the red on his hands and had a flashback to washing the same red off her own. She looked up at David... And pushed him back away from her chair. I don't know. Ink? Annika spotted the fly that had now been circling the lift and began to follow it with her eyes. Ink? David repeated, almost scoffing. Well, how did ink get there exactly? Annika didn't respond. She was hypnotized by the insect's movements. David's voice was as if the sound had been turned down. It's blood, Annika. And you don't seem to be hurt. Annika watched as the fly was drawn to David, now perched on his oblivious shoulder. Annika! He snapped, before he followed her absent gaze to his shoulder. Startled by the bug, he brushed it off, and Annika craned her neck backwards to see it fly and land on the mirror behind them. It crawled along the surface opposite its reflection like a dance across a stage. The lift doors opened. David stepped out. Annika turned as she watched the fly take off towards the lift buttons. David held the door to stop it closing. Come on, then. Annika just stared past him, watching the fly as it left out of the lift and into the corridor. Look, if you need help... You and the kids. Is this Zeke? The fly buzzed near David, who tried to swat it. Has Ezekiel hurt you? The kids? Himself? Let me help you. Where has this come from? David gestured to his hands. Annika's eyes began to move across to meet David's. She began to smile. David noticed a distinct cabbage-like smell. He looked down the corridor towards her flat. Nothing. Annika sighed. Fine. Fine? David was confused. Annika wheeled herself from the lift. The light on the wall was no longer flickering. It was out. She started up the corridor. David followed. He's in bed. Okay, David replied tentatively. The cabbage smell got stronger, almost burning his sinuses. He used his sleeve to cover his nose, but the odour was already trapped in his jacket. He's not been well. He won't leave his bed. David nodded, happy to finally be getting some answers. Okay, so what? He's depressed? Don't disturb the kids! Annika snapped, halting her chair. David stopped next to her. No problem. They arrived at her door. David couldn't ignore the strong smell in the air anymore. He felt he could taste it now. He scrunched his nose in disgust. Is that sewage? What's the rent on this place? Trying to breathe through his mouth, he failed to avoid the pungent odour. Annika put her key in the door. She exhaled, turned, and pushed the door ajar. David stepped forward and passed her into the flat. From the front door, David entered straight into the kitchen and dining area. Because of the open-plan design of the place, he could see where the living room began from the back of the sofa and saw the TV playing cartoons up on the far wall. But what took most of David's attention were the flies that infested the room. What the hell? He tried to swat at them, but they were everywhere. Why does it smell like shit? It's the pipes. Annika said nonchalantly as she pushed the door closed and bolted it whilst David's attention turned to the sink, then the cupboard below it. David saw and grabbed an air freshener and started to spray. God, how can you stand it? He looked around and saw Nalia on the sofa watching cartoons. He stepped towards her. In the bedroom! Snapped Annika. David looked back at her. Bewildered by her indifference to the flies, he started down the corridor towards the bedroom. The door was closed, but there were flies on it. He swatted them away from the handle and entered, eager to get to the bottom of this situation and out of this cesspit. David pushed the door open and froze. He knew what he was looking at but he couldn't quite understand it, or believe it. Ezekiel was lying on his back on the bed, half propped up with pillows, skin shiny and blistered, jaw hanging low, bloodied, eyelids drooping low over empty sockets, sheets saturated in crimson blood, muddied brown to the edge, maggots squirmed and flies buzzed around him, crawling around his ears. Stained with a brown liquid that also dripped from his nose and mouth, now dried and cracked. David's lips shook as they tried to form sense of the situation. Zeke? A sharp pain erupted from David's stomach. He doubled over and retched. Bile ran up from his stomach and he vomited. This can't be real! He turned away from Ezekiel's corpse and lunged himself forward out of the bedroom, hitting the wall of the corridor opposite and sliding down to his knees. He hit the floor and vomited again. David needed air and answers. He pulled himself up using the radiator on the wall to steady himself. Annika! He cried. What have you done? He charged down the corridor, adrenaline spiking, back to the kitchen. You sick, twisted, evil! Annika suddenly came into view. David felt as though his muscles were being pulled from his body and bees were crawling under his skin. He fell to his knees and then face down, breaking his nose against the tiled floor. Annika was aiming a taser gun that could shoot from a distance and was already reloading the cartridge. This was her plan B if Ezekiel had managed to escape her grasp that night. After spending some time on some hate-filled forums, she connected with a retired US officer who had his own gear. After some flirting and exchanged nudes, he sent her this gift by a dark web found courier, which she collected at the end of her road, not willing to reveal her actual home address. Once she had the package, she hid it away and abandoned the forum. Holding this taser made her feel powerful and more in control than she had ever been, so in that moment she made the decision to reclaim her family. Annika rolled up beside David and tried to pull him towards the living room area. He didn't budge. After breaking her back in a freak accident, Annika had done all she could to regain control. She had been walking through a shopping centre, trying to find the same gadget shop that Ezekiel had bought some dodgy console controller from. She was heading there to exchange it when somebody attempting to end their own life jumped off a balcony from a higher floor and landed on her. Despite years of physical therapy and counselling, she was told she would never walk again. She was left with feelings of loss and helplessness, which soon evolved to bitterness and rage. The person who landed on her got away with a few broken bones, bruises and a new outlook on life. No longer suicidal, he'd given his life to God and charity work in his name. The born-again soul had reached out to Annika dozens of times over the years to apologise and try to make amends, but she didn't want to know. She wished that he had missed her that day and just died. She'd even told him so. Her husband, who used to call her his feisty little sexpot and with whom she'd shared an idyllic life, now had to move with their kids from their beautiful detached dream home, which their parents had helped them to buy, into this small flat. Annika could no longer work, resulting in missed mortgage payments and no choice but to downsize. They also now needed a property which was accessible and suitable for Annika's new needs. Ezekiel had become Annika's carer overnight. Their sex life also came to an abrupt end and it was at most a year after the accident when Ezekiel started coming home later and later. She knew what was happening. She saw the texts, smelled the perfume. She said nothing but she knew and he knew that she knew but they had Nalia and Nathan and he didn't want to leave them to be carers for their mum. He also couldn't bear to take them away from her. He knew he was no saint but she had lost enough. Annika agreed. She had lost enough. Her legs, her house, her husband, her identity. Not being able to move around, she had gained weight, so couldn't fit into her old clothes. The last piece, she believed, of who she was. She never considered ending her life. Even though she'd lost everything, she couldn't do that to her kids. And why should she? It wasn't her faulty controller that caused her to be in the shopping centre that day. So, one day, when Ezekiel came in and stopped her from having a cold shower, stopped her from controlling something as trivial as that, as if he cared, she came out of the shower. He'd gotten back into bed. She pulled on a towel and wheeled into the kitchen. Get off! yelled Nalia as Nathan pulled on her iPad. The TV was loud with cartoons. Guys, turn down the TV. We have neighbours, Annika said sternly. Nathan looked up at her with his big, beautiful, innocent brown eyes and quickly looked away, releasing Nalia's iPad. This broke Annika's heart. Nathan had seen his mum in a lot of pain and had become somewhat afraid of her. No longer clingy like he used to be just three years ago. Nalia didn't look up at all. Just took the remote and turned down the TV. Annika's relationship with her had also changed. She used to come home from school and tell her all about it who she liked, who was the worst. But the accident seemed to drive a wedge into every relationship she had, and she was over it. She wheeled toward the drawer, pulled out a knife and placed it in her lap. She looked back at the kids, who now quietly watched TV. She re-entered the bedroom and put the knife into her pillowcase before getting dressed. Later that night, she waited in bed. The kids were asleep, and Ezekiel wasn't home yet. Around 2am, she was woken up by the sound of the bedroom door, creaking open. She smelled the southern comfort, and faintly, but surely, the foreign perfume. A tear rolled down her cheek from a closed eye as she remembered how much she used to love this man. She wondered what she had done to deserve this level of callousness, and her pulse began to race. At last, he lay in bed and began to snore. Annika struggled to see him in the dark but could just make out his silhouette from the slim beam of light invading through the curtain from outside. She winced as she pulled herself to sit up. She then leaned over to him, positioned herself as best she could and drove her hidden knife into his neck. His eyes twitched open. She removed the blade suddenly and felt something wet and warm splash her face. She stabbed him again in the stomach. He reached out and tried to get up and away from her so she risked her balance to hold onto his shirt and stabbed him in the chest again. At this moment, she wondered if she should have taken the time to sharpen the knife first. Would the knife go in and out easier, as it felt quite stiff? Annika continued to pierce Ezekiel, as if prepping a meal for one for the microwave, again and again until he stopped moving. She then used the handle of the blade to beat his face and his eyes, forcing them back into their sockets before stabbing him finally in the groin. She left the weapon inside him and leaned over to her chair handles to pull one of them towards her. Her hands were slippery. She hoisted herself up into her chair and rolled herself to his side of the bed. He had one leg sticking out, so she lifted it and pushed it back onto the bed, replacing the duvet on top. She placed his arms onto his stomach, but they wouldn't stay, so she left them. She got back into bed beside him and placed her arm over him. You were late. Where were you? She peered towards his lifeless face in the near-pitch black room. She continued to speak as if he'd answered her. What did you buy me? She asked in a surprised tone. Babe, that's so sweet. Silence. Ah, I love you too. Early the next morning... Annika crushed up some of her pain medication and sleeping pills, stirring them into Nalia and Nathan's hot chocolate. After they fell asleep in front of the TV, she quickly slit their throats with the simplicity of tying their shoes. You guys are going to be so excited, she said as she pulled the blade across Nalia's neck. You lucky books don't have to go to school, she continued as she finished with Nathan sweeping his curls behind one ear. They bled out onto the sofa as Annika pulled Nathan over and rested his head on Nalia's shoulder. She took their hands. Everything is going to be different now. No more yelling and fighting. No more pain. Now she was trying to rest David up against a kitchen cabinet. She obviously couldn't let him leave, but she couldn't kill him where he laid as he was blocking the hallway and she couldn't simply step over him. Finally, at the cabinet, she went to get a knife. David, groggy, blinked awake. Annika turned sharply, hearing him stirring. They locked eyes and froze. David crawled towards the living room and Annika grabbed the taser and attempted to turn her chair. Annika, wait! Don't! David turned to hide on the other side of the sofa, coming face to face with her children. Ah! David screamed at the sight of Nalia and Nathan, posed like sleeping angels covered in blood and flies their once youthful skin now turning grey. Why have you... Why have... You're not going to get away with any of this! Help! David started to scream, desperate for a way out. Panicked by the noise, Annika grabbed the remote and turned up the volume on the TV to drown him out. David shouted louder as he punched the TV and attempted to pull it off the wall. With his back turned on Annika, he suddenly felt the muscles in his back cramp suddenly in an excruciating way. was far worse than before then relief as he fell onto the armchair next to him bang bang francis from downstairs was sending a message through his ceiling to turn down the tv message received annika turned off the tv that now hung precariously half off the wall and wheeled over to david with the knife in her lap she raised it to stab him but david came to and grabbed her arm annika escaped his grip david jumped up from the chair Adrenaline pumping, he darted towards the front door. Annika looked up and launched the knife at David. It flipped its speed through the air and landed in his back. Wincing, David let out a cry and tried to pull open the door. It was locked. He shook the door, noticing the bolt. He swiped it and he pulled the door open. Freedom! Zap! Annika managed to tase David again. This time she held it down, wondering if she could cook him from the inside out. Who was he to judge her? He fell to the side unintentionally slamming the door shut as he fell. She moved over to him and put her brakes on. She then leant down to him and after a lot of effort propped him up against the cabinet once again which drove the knife deeper into his back. Now ideally I'd love to sit you at the table, but you're heavy and I am knackered so this will have to do. Thanks for coming to check on Ezekiel. So sweet of you. Annika smiled at David panting. Would you mind staying to fix this cabinet? Annika asked, not expecting an answer, but deciding on a nice way to fit her new doll, David, into her newfound reality. Oh, thanks, you are so sweet. Might need you to take a look at that TV bracket when you're done too. Suddenly there was a knock at the door. Are you okay in there? Annika stayed silent, frozen in fear. I heard a lot of banging and... There's a bit of a whiff out here. Annika pushed herself forward and rebolted the door as quietly as she could. Francis heard it from outside. Right, I'll be getting the building manager involved about this smell. Help! yelled David before passing out again. Annika cursed herself for not slitting his throat. Hello? Right, I'm getting the police, said Francis. Annika heard footsteps quickly leave. She picked up another knife and went over to David. She lifted his head by pulling his hair back and dragged the blade across his throat. Now she really regretted not sharpening her knives as the blade struggled to snap tendons and the muscles in his neck fought back. Annika looked from the dark red pools that almost resembled a casserole with its meat and juices to look over towards her children in the living room. Out of breath, "'Have you guys done your homework?' she called. "'She leaned on David to push herself back up to her chair. "'She then went into the living room and looked at her children. "'I love you guys. You know that, right?' "'She continued to watch them. "'Then... "'Yes, babe?' "'She turned her attention to the direction of the bedroom. "'I'm coming!' "'She looked back at her sleeping angels.' Let me just go see what Daddy wants, okay? Back soon. She kissed Nalia and Nathan on the forehead and stroked Nathan's curls, now dry and wiry. One fell out into Annika's hand. She placed it down on the sofa and made her way to the entrance of the bedroom. "You are so naughty!" She went to the bedroom and got into the sticky, saturated sheets. "Stop it, you!" She giggled and playfully tapped her husband's arm as if to bat it away. Annika then snuggled up close to him and closed her eyes. I love you too. Police! Open the door! The police pounded on the door. After they received no response, Officer Fincher stepped back and kicked the door by the handle and broke it down. Slammed with the foul musk, they entered the flat to find the bodies, the flies, the blood. Fincher approached David on the floor and flicked a switch on her radio. Requesting backup and an ambulance, IC4 mail, Code 1 homicide. She looked around the flat. Police! Is anybody here? More officers entered the flat, but a few had to immediately step out again. Fincher approached the sofa, witnessing Nalia and Nathan's current state. Damn it, she whispered. Into the radio... Two IC3 children, one male, one female, aged between 8 and 12. Code 4-2 infanticide. Suddenly giggles were heard from down the corridor. Fincher looked up, caught the eye of another officer and pointed down the corridor. Guns drawn, he followed her as she moved towards the sounds and arrived at the bedroom. The door was open and Fincher's blood ran cold in her veins as she looked upon the scene in the bedroom. Annika adorned in delicate pink lingerie, was in bed curled up next to Ezekiel, now a bloated corpse. She giggled and smiled seductively towards him, stroking his wounds. Foreign bodies in Annika's peripheral vision caused her to turn and see the officers. She also spotted Francis peering from behind them in shock. she just turned back and tapped her husband on the shoulder. "'Oh, honey, we have company.' Anika looked back at the officers and smiled widely. That was Control by Ade Bundy. Should you find yourself lost and alone again, join me for another twisted tale. But tonight, as you leave the glow and warmth of the campfire and the last ember flickers in the dying light. Remember that these stories will stay with you. You've been listening to an audio series from the Superfreak Media Podcast Network. To show your support on this project, along with the other content we create, be sure to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. You can keep up to date with everything else we are up to on social media using the links in the description of this episode. Thank you for listening.